Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is the Potential Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by that that bat fiend Taylor Sokol. Man, you stalk in the night, you. I prefer um, Cape Crusader. <laughs> oh, sorry. The Cape Crusader, the Dark Knight. Well, welcome back. We're so excited. We're having a special themed episode today because you know what? I think when it comes to superheroes, especially on the DC side, there's always that big debate of uh, who is the most popular DC hero, and especially when it comes to film. And although I'd say that guy in the red underpants sometimes has a a, a, a decent chance, it's got to be Batman. Wouldn't you agree, Taylor? Oh, 100%. I mean, probably was one of the first superhero films 
I ever saw was was a Batman film. I think that was probably, you know, I think when I think of superheroes, it was like one of like my top five. And he was definitely like, yeah, I don't know. It's just something, nothing, nothing has come close. It's just such a different feel when it comes to a Batman movie. It definitely changed the game. I think if you think of the amount of superhero movies and things we have nowadays, none of that would have been possible if it wasn't for that original Batman movie with Michael Keaton and yeah I mean Christopher Reeve and Superman that whole time era was changing what was possible for movies and then what of course would grow and grow into both Marvel and DC becoming the giant powerhouses they are now so today we're talking about Batman the film but we're not doing it alone are we Taylor no we have a very special guest with us today I'm so excited he's here I get to work with him all the time at the Beetle House in LA he's a fantastic Beetlejuice but he's a cosplayer he has his own business character masters you might have recognized him as sax on veronica mars and he's just a all-around great nerdy guy we have with us brandon hillhawk how you doing dude hey man thanks for having me aboard i knew you'd be the man for the job today because i've actually seen you do a, a bunch of batman cosplay you've shown me many pics of you and, and really awesome outfits i must say yeah thank you thank you yeah i've got my what i call my porsche behind me which is the uh, the arkham suit um probably the uh, definitely the more expensive of, of my costumes but uh yeah and like you said man i think i think that the the batman beginning uh starting this whole comic book genre way before its time with burton and everything i think the best thing about batman and why people love it is kids still like bad guys looks you know what i mean and batman technically looks like a bad guy right like there's a very thin line between him being one of the mini villains uh you know it's it's almost like he's a switch right so like the villains are very bright colors and everything um whereas super all the other heroes are always like bright colors and he's like the opposite so the the feeling of just um having a villain but who's a hero i think that's always all of us you know what i mean i think the idea that you know this hero uses fear he's like i'm striking the heart of fear and so i'm gonna use fear against you know villains where it's like the opposite or most superheroes were like you know i'm just you know, truth and justice, but it's like, no, I'm, you know, I'm vengeance. You know, it's just like that whole, like, he's all about terror and just terrorizing villains. Yeah, making them scared, which is just so kick-ass. And I've always loved the notion with Batman that a lot of villains think he's just as crazy as they are because he's a man that dressed like a bat. Like, you know, if you look at all the, you know, the, the typical, yeah, like Superman or like your superhero, it's like the certain suit and the cape and it's all, you know, da-da-da-da. And he his tragic backstory which i mean many of our heroes have tragic backstories but his tragic backstory and the obsession with bats and how like he becomes that 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 symbol and in a way people are like you're just as crazy as we are and how he it's taken over his life um i think is also very interesting and i think when you look at pre-keaton which we can just we'll do a bit of a mention here you know especially adam west being what was a huge kind of iconic batman first time it was the big camp era it was you know we look at that costume now and we go those look like pjs i mean like you can right. get pj sets like that and it was you know the the whenever they would do the punch you know the bam pow like it was all the villains were it was very goofy it was meant for that tv era where it was this is the action of the time it wasn't like they were gonna go to the darkness with adam west you know and so i think there is that era, but Keaton was the first, you know, with Tim Burns lens having Keaton, which at the time people were like, 
wait a minute, you're casting Michael Keaton? Yeah, Mr. Mom. Comedy movies? <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody was was down for it, right? I think I, th- I think Beetlejuice came out first, or or did it? I can't remember now. I feel like it did. And so people were like, what, dude, what? Like that guy? Like, so it was throwing people off. Yeah, Beetlejuice was the year before. Yeah. So they just made that announcement and everything. It was just like before the Burton era of like, well, my lead actress can play any performance for the Johnny Depp era, (laughs) you know? I think we, we, we talked about this before Taylor on, we did an episode on our favorite, uh, we've done favorite comic book villain performances, favorite comic book hero performances. And I definitely know that the first comic book movie I ever saw as a kid was Batman, Michael Keaton. And it's something that never leaves you. It's something that with better graphics and better stunt work and more use of the camera when it comes to, you know, CGI, uh, fly systems, all this stuff. There's a lot of bells and whistles that are added on with future Batman movies, but there's something very simple about the Keaton Batman. Like the suit is very plain, has a yellow symbol still. A lot of that has changed over time. And there was, I just remember that movie being very fun to watch because it was dark and and spooky. There's still that very Burton element that Batman definitely has of creepiness of, especially Jack Nicholson and his version of Joker. Uh, I remember the whole scene, you know, where he does the handshake with the buzzer and the guy literally fries to death. I feel like, you know, it's like something you're like, I don't know if that's really physically possible, but there was something about that Burton element. And even I remember the scene when Keaton, he's showing Vicky Vale, like his whole, you know, he's showing all the um, the statues in his house and all of them are really creepy looking. Like there was just a creepiness to his big mansion that I don't think we've seen since in the other Batman movies. I remember that whole scene really creeped me out, but what what is Keaton for you, Brandon, in terms of, your Batmans, you know, is he top bill? Is he your fave? Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely, and this is, I've been mentally debating this over the years because, you know, obviously Nolan was a much more our age group, grown up version of Batman, more that we can like, we're used to today versus if you go watch Tim Burton at this age for the first time, you'd be like, okay, well, this is fun. But like the, the Nolan is very real. Like it's very modern, like, you know, and I love that, but uh after thinking about it for the past couple of years, yeah, Michael Keaton is definitely my favorite Batman. And it could be probably 50% the nostalgia-ness of like that childhood like obsession and just like, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I, I think I just really like him. I like the, the image, I like the look, I like what they did with it. Um, and just the whole aesthetic of it and everything, you know, I, I like, I, I do like obviously Nolan's Batman, but he just, uh, no, he just didn't. He just didn't have that cool, charismatic combination of Bruce Wayne and and Batman. He's because Michael Keaton had charisma, regardless of of anything. And uh, I think both as Batman and and as Bruce Wayne, I don't know if he's necessarily my favorite Bruce Wayne, but he definitely is. Uh, had both. I think it was well balanced. I think there's a distraction level to his Bruce Wayne that I've always admired. Like he always seems. In, in in on the case or like you know he's always trying to figure out what he needs to do as batman to the point why we have that great you know relationship with alfred but even when it comes to relationships like he's not as with many of the batman characters they're never really fully invested in that because they're always in that mindset and like i just i've always loved the image of him 
in the bat cave sitting there at his chair and he's just pondering and thinking he's got the glasses and he's like you know what who is this guy who is this joker guy how am I gonna, you know take him down and there's something about him that is very i would yeah i do say charismatic but the point where even then get those moments where you know want to get nuts let's get nuts when he needs to play up being a hero without being in the suit which sometimes i think is a hard thing to be is when you have to kind of fake play that you don't want to give away your batman like that scene too is great I like the angle of always with Bruce Wayne is, is that, that that's a character that he has to act, right? Like he, Batman is who he's become and that's where he loves to be. That's his skin. But when he goes into Bruce, he's actually sometimes awkward. He doesn't even know how to be this person with other people. Like, you know what I mean? Ta- a, a, a biggest introvert you probably meet in your life, right? It's like, well, I'm uh, my parents are dead. I've only got this butler. Like I've spent most of my life introverted to do this and become this. I don't know how to fucking be social. Like, you know? <laughs> And you see that in Batman Returns, too. He's like, he goes into the uh, Max, whatever his name is, and Max starts Shrek. Calling, talking Max Shrek. Starts talking shit about him, telling him he's going to, you know, he's going to prove that he's part of the, you know, the the circus gang and all that stuff. And then fucking Michelle Pfeiffer walks in. He's like, like, you know, so it's just, I like that vulnerability mix that he can pull off. You know, he only knows how to be one hard ass and then it's like everything else he's just like i don't what the fuck am i doing <laughs> what about you taylor what what have, what have your thoughts always been on on keen's performance in those first two movies i agree with like uh, both points i think um you you brought like a great point brandon i was i was thinking the same thing as like he has batman and that bruce wayne is just the facade and that's why like you see in the later movies where bruce wayne is played up this like larger than life kind of like you know, playboy, you know, uh, drunk who kind of just acts really like obnoxious, kind of distract away like this almost it's a, a, a bigger ruse just be like that that couldn't possibly be Batman. And uh, and I think that's really interesting. But yeah, with, with Keaton being my first foray into to Batman, I was really I just really was taken with just how subdued, though, kind of like in a way it's not intense, like even his Batman, the Batman voice, which is very interesting You see in all the all the films is like become kind of comical as we see later movies, like who does the better Batman voice, but you know, looking at all of them and like Keaton, it was just great. Cause he would just had that. He just, it was just his voice, but he just had, it was just a nice little whisper, you know? And it was yeah. like, it was just like, yeah, I'm Batman. It wasn't like, I'm Batman. You know, it, was very, and it reminds me of like the movie neighbors with Zac Efron and um, Seth Rogen. And they're sitting there like my Batman's Keaton. Yours is <laughs> where are the drugs? Like I'm Batman. That's how you say it. <laughs> like it was, they had this whole debate on whose Batman was better. But uh, yeah, I, I do love those little moments. And I think I, you know, saying that and then talking about Batman returns, I would have loved a third one just to flesh out more of Keaton. Just, there was just so much more he could do. I wanted to see more. It was just that little bit that there wasn't enough for me that I wanted more Bruce Wayne. I wanted more Batman. I think that's a testament to his performance in those, in those movies in general. And it's a bummer that, uh, too many parents didn't want their kids seeing Tim Burton's Batman, and that's why we got Showmacher's very campy cartoon version yeah. for the toys, for the, for the action figures, for the sales, you know. And it's a bummer. Sell the money. Yeah, they're like, always follow the money. Parents don't let them watch it, and they were like, "We need you could still produce it, but like we can't have you direct." And he's like, "Or the or I, from what I understand, they tried to tell him he needed to do a much more campy, like let's do like the TV show series thing." And and Burton was like, I'm "Not fucking doing that," but. I'll produce it. Get some other director. I've got a brand here. But like, you bring you know. up a great. You bring up a great point. Is like, you know, Chris, were you saying also that you know this came out? This is very instrumental. 
but it almost like these movies and Tim Burton's vision were ahead of the times. Like just way, like you think about what we have now, we're going to talk about. It was just, it was just like, we, you're uh guess you're not ready for that, but your kid's going to love it. You know, back to the future. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's like well, finding, finding that balance. I think nowadays, like we've seen with DC lately is they went to comical for a while or, you know, they went too dark for a while and went like, no, we want you to be more like Marvel and be funny. Then some of the movies did that and some worked, some didn't. And then it's like, we don't, we don't need Batman being like the, the, the punchline, you know, like there's moments in justice league where Ben Affleck has a punchline and it's like, no, we don't, we don't, we want dark Batman, which is why now we're getting a much darker Batman. So it is interesting that yes, there's always a, a sale point because a lot of these things do sell toys and merchandise and video games and et cetera, et cetera. But if it's going to <laughs> detract from the point of the movie and why we're doing it, it, it can be that the line of like, well, do we even need this movie? Which I guess, okay, it leads me to, I will say Batman Forever. And I think this is a nostalgia thing. I do like Batman Forever uh, much, much more than Batman and Robin. Uh, but there, there's, yeah, it's like, it is like all of a sudden we're in the that period of the 90s where it's like we're getting like we want like this is what people want they want this blockbuster with the camp element and it's like it's so over the top i mean i think especially the one thing i remember the most from both those movies is like this version of gotham is the tallest buildings statues like every statue is like the gods of olympus i know they've got like like like, statues like holding up like planets i'm like like who the hell would have made this like apparently this was made in ancient rome (laughs) no gotham is this crazy um but i i do actually like val kilmer as batman uh definitely schumacher went a little funny and we get worse with clooney about the suit and the we need close-ups of every body part of the suit uh it's like arms legs but yeah it's like yeah, why that was just too too much like i and in schumacher's defense he he did come up with an interview years later he's like dude i was a nobody and i had to listen to whatever the studios wanted he's like i'm sorry like i've apologized on many occasions like i that's not the movie i would have liked to make i agreed with burton's vision it's just that's that was the job i was assigned so i'm like all right all right, all right, all right but to right. think about from burton to that it's just such a contrast you know like to like that's super really no we need bat nipples you know it's like yeah <laughs> and again that, that that plays into the roman armor like for whatever reason or that that ancient like greek stuff it's just like i guess they felt like tapping on that i don't know why they definitely too with kilmer they i think they went a little more into the psyche of of his death of his parents the batman you know they had that whole (laughs) image where like we see the giant bat like flying towards the screen you know i think i think and with the cole kimmins character being this like therapist you know psychiatrist trying to figure out why he is the way he is i think there was more to that which was i think an interesting angle and i mean it's like you you watch jim carrey be the riddler and you're like yeah it totally makes sense because of that character for the comic books the camp element was very funny i wish two-faced would have been a little darker i mean tom lee jones is like yeah they're both fighting for the screen yeah but yeah val kilmer i think he was a good batman it's just it it's it, you almost wonder what would val kilmer been like had it been the darker tone of uh you know a film but batman forever and that music 
I, I can I still think of that theme now. Oh yeah. I think I think Val could have pulled off a darker version. I I you know we've seen him do performances where he could. I guess like well I guess he was a little more comedic. But I like Doc Holliday is like one of my favorite roles. Oh yeah. I mean, it just, I think he could have could have rocked it if he needed to, but. I always love those characters that appear the fool, but are a step ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's definitely a Doc Holiday. So I think Kilmer could have pulled off the, uh, especially, you know, he, he's a very handsome guy. So there was definitely, they played it more of the flair of the playboy for Bruce Wayne, you know, having these big host events where he's very rich There's- and. Gotham's most eligible bachelor here's Brucey. I'm like, oh my, yeah. I just think I watched these recently. I'm just like, oh my god, these were like Camp 2.0. That's it wasn't just Camp. That was like, <laughs> but you know, it was interesting that they, when it comes to casting as a whole, they kept Alfred and Commissioner Gordon the same actor through all these movies. So there was, it's interesting. Like the studio was like, we still want it to feel like it's all the same universe, even though it's completely different style genre and it's a different batman different villains so like that was interesting choice that they kept michael is it goff was his last name uh who played alfred in all four films uh so that that was interesting that they kept that element as like a layover if you will but (laughs) it's like james spider-man yeah 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 which i mean now i guess we're so used to oh the pop-up of uh, the multiverse and anyone can show up that I think we'd be expecting. Like, like obviously I think the actor has definitely passed by now, but if they de-aged and did some digital version of that Alfred in the Flash movie, I think everyone would be like, oh my gosh, it's Alfred. You know, like the people would- Alive, like- <laughs> And then Michael Caine can pop out and be like, you were wonderful. Well, we could do a whole episode on, on the Alfred. <laughs> Alfred's in the movies. <laughs> yeah have a spider-man scene where it's just all the alfreds hanging out it's like oh did what did your bruce do he he, he jumped out of his bath with his clothes off and running around the house too like any <laughs> Batman or anything stupid <laughs> now moving to george clooney yikes yikes <laughs> he's my least favorite because yeah. he's just playing george clooney yeah and it and he can't have the george clooney wiggle <laughs> without the fucking things doing this <laughs> you know what so- I mean? Every time he performs, it's just, well, I'll tell you a thing or three. And it's just like, when you have the bad ears, it's just 10 times worse. <laughs> I mean, I like um, Chris O'Donnell as Robin. I think it was a great casting choice. And we don't really get Robin much in any of the films because I think it's always such a strive, just to, and, you know, especially the Nolan, like we didn't really get that to the tail end because it's a younger Batman. And I think he was better served in batman forever it then became so goofy in batman and robin and i I don't know if shoemaker was like told like okay we like that you did now do it even more uh for like yeah more More. camp because this is like like i mean arnold i've i've i'll go on record saying it i think if arnold was cast as mr freeze in a darker tone movie he would totally nail it but when you write him a punchline every single line with that accent. Not even good punchlines. They're like the worst dad jokes ever. Yeah. The dinosaurs, the Ice Age. Like, that's not even funny. That's a fact. What, what is that? <laughs> Everybody chill. Yeah. Okay, we get it. We get it. 
Have you seen Frozen? I mean, like that—that that would be the, <laughs> yeah, the future. Be, like you know, let it go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's gonna be. Please show up in the, the uh, thing, in the multiverse. Yeah. Oh my god, I would die if he showed up in the Flash movie and was just like, I saw Frozen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, like what, and what's so baffling is we're going back to what you said earlier about Batman is a character that because he is the darker costume there is that menacing element fear you watch batman robin and go that's all gone there's no fear element there's no there's no oh they scare me because you're just seeing like the ice skate scene and then like credit card never leave home without it like these bits where you're like someone wrote this people at warner brothers approved it and you went in production (laughs) they filmed it they cut it and we actually got that movie it's baffling, which is, of course, why this was then the big break of after Batman Robin. We didn't have a Batman movie until Batman Begins. It's like a huge long break. Oh, that movie. It's so it's so just weird that that exists. And what's so funny to me is I know some people that they really like Batman and Robin. They like to have it on all the time. They they watch it a lot. And. Again, maybe it's that nostalgia thing, something that they just connect with. But of, I mean, I've seen it a fair amount of times. If I do a Batman marathon and then I'm going to watch them all, you know, I'm going to. But it's uh, not a, it's, it's not it's, a film. It's just a series of cuts of awkward jokes and, and dad humor. That's what that, I'm just thinking about now. I just like all these scenes and all these like, yeah, I don't. And for a time, I'll admit, because this is all I had. I did enjoy it from the time when I was a kid. I mean, this, you know, came out 97, right? Yeah. yeah, I yeah, think it so, works when you're a kid. Yeah, you know, so it was all. To. Yeah, I mean, I had the toys, the action figures, so I can I can do the voices with my myself. It's great, <laughs> um, but it, it's so nuts. And I think like it's just one of those decisions. Like if that movie is made nowadays, and unfortunately there are movies like that made nowadays. But it, it what was the the thought process? And I had to go back real quick. I want to say, in doing my research, Wikipedia, very good source. Apparently, in Batman Forever, there is an alt. There's a cut. There's 50 minutes of cut footage apparently that Schumacher wanted to put in there, but they're like, oh, no, we're do this. So it's, it's very interesting. You think about these directors, what their vision would have been had they've given the creative license to really, you know, do it right. Well, you know what? Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about the next series of Batman films where the director really did get to shine. Our top story today shows that Gotham is still battling the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic with the latest numbers showing the rise. <laughs> I have a name for my pain. It's called the pandemic. You should have just changed the channel, Jack. <laughs> yeah, you owe me a new TV. Well, sorry, Harvey. We can steal one from the new Best Buy down the road, where they got all those wonderful toys. Are you kidding me? Amazon Prime, two-day shipping. They deliver it straight to you. It's right. You can't even go out these days. Bloody curfew. It's simply mad out there. <laughs> Anyone care for tea, Edward? No, thank you, Jervis. But riddle me this. Held by two loops to which I conceal. A bridge, a cloth, hidden from feel. What am I? <laughs> a mask. Damn. Too relatable. You figured it out. You've seen the bat lately? Wearing that mask along with his cowl. What a joke. 
and of all the choices, an Hello Kitty mask. <sighs> As a mask enthusiast, I think a touch of pink works for him. Everybody, chill. My test results are coming in now. Well, Victor, are you expecting? <laughs> Very funny. Well, Iceman, what is the deal? Ah, crap. It's positive. Great. We could all be exposed. Just cool it, will you? You just need to quarantine. I can't stay in this hellhole for another two weeks. I'd rather face a bat and stay here with you lot. What say you, Harvey? Stay in or go out? Heads, we risk going out and hunting the bat. Tails, we stay in with the COVID popsicle over there. Yes! Hurrah! <laughs> Sorry, Victor. You froze the door shut, you idiot! Looks like we have time to kill and chill. And with luck, look at this. I brought Monopoly. Come on, guys. This great game. What are you talking about? Come on, do it. Do the game now. And we're back. Well, we got through the Clooney era. We survived. We made it. Uh, But then we had a long break for Batman. I mean, there's always been the animated stuff. And, you know, shout out to Kevin Conroy, who is, you know, just as Mark Hamill is one of my favorite Jokers of all time, Kevin Conroy. The amount of years he's been the voice actor of, of Batman is incredible. It's continues to still do it. But we finally got news that we are getting a new Batman film uh, coming out in 2005 by Christopher Nolan, who at that time had had a few good movies out already, but I don't think he really became Christopher Nolan until this trilogy came out. But we have the Dark Knight trilogy with Christian Bale starring as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Yeah, what do we then Memento, I think, was the big. I think Memento. Insomnia was, was like his. It was Insomnia was like two. Oh, with Robin Williams, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this would really would have been the the series where he would really take notice Become as a household fantastic name. director, and then you know he's gotten to do so many movies since, and we we, we always are like, oh, another Nolan movie's coming out. But uh, the very grounded take of Batman, this being a this is not where. I mean, also, there's always some action scenes where it's a little bit of, okay, you kind of have to kind of go with it's still a superhero movie, but the very grounded take of this is in real life, this is now modern, the technology has all would make sense, blah, 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 blah. I love this series. I mean, I think no one has gone on record saying like, oh, the Dark Knight series, boring. Like, this is a fantastic set of films. And Christian Bale, I think, is a very, very good Bruce Wayne and a very good Batman. What are your thoughts, Brandon, on definitely something that he got a little bit of... People liked it, but also then it, it goes so into can easily make fun of the very funny kind of gruff voice that he chose to do for Batman. Obviously, again, we're talking about this as a character that's meant to build the menace, the fear, and that's something that's really embedded in that Batman Begins of what he's trained to. You know, you're trained to become one of the shadows. What's your take on his as Batman, his voice, the look, the very intense fighting, all that? I, uh, you know, it was great, and I think they were smart on I, I by doing the Batman Begins type move, right? Because we hadn't seen that yet, and if they only did just the one movie it would be fine because you could kind of mentally put it with all the other fucking batman films that we've had so 
and get, gave us villains that we hadn't seen yet, which was really, I really loved that they did that. Um, I, you know, I get where he's coming from with wanting to just sound enraged when he finally talks because, you know, somebody yelling at you is, it's an anxiety attack. So yeah, maybe I get where he was coming from with that. Um, it, it's a shame that it became comedic, but at the time, as much as we love to make fun of it, I think it still worked when we watched the movie. You know what I mean? It's not like I sat back and was like, whoa, this voice is stupid. Like it took me out of it. Like it still was like, okay, that's his voice. Like he's going for a, for an intimidated angle for it. Um, and I loved the introducing us to what, I think it is technically the first time that we were ever introduced to Batman meets modern technology, right? Like it, it's the first time anyone's done this marriage uh, very much like, um, uh, Sherlock Holmes and they did the series with Cumberbatch it's like oh let's put him now let's give him tech and see what he can do and I love that they decided to throw that in there a lot of uh, a few of my fellow Batman friends uh, really hardcore nostalgia people are like didn't like it just because they're like you're taking away the um, hardcore um, detectiveness of it all right like you're, you're relying on tech but you know for me I'm just like yeah but it just it, it's not like he's still not doing detective work he's figuring out and kind of remastering tech to figure out situations like bullet matching up and everything like that you still have to do it um but i know some people were like eh, that kind of takes away one of the elements that i loved about batman the the sherlock holmes element so but i loved it and i love how it's modern with like the tumbler and everything but if you look at the vehicles they're like some are from the 70s like there's still like an unknown time of when this place even with the the tech that we have now so i just i thought he did a really good uh art direction on the whole thing i wasn't even a, at first i wasn't a big fan of the tumbler when i first saw it i'm like what the what is this like not my then, car yeah yeah There's yeah a tank car. looking thing yeah that's not the yeah, mobile i think it's very tactical i think that was the first time we're seeing uh you know the armor and some of the weapons really be like okay this is something that actually was made this special division of lucius fox you know seeing like these are army military weapons that are then molded repainted configured to work for our hero yeah and it makes perfect sense it just when the image came out it took a little bit but then yeah it's like it's a tank that would make sense if you're going to go into fighting so i was like all right i'm open for it but no i agree i like this this move on it it was also like you know batman's like you know beating the crap out of the city you know i think this is the first i mean we've seen other ones but like more of the villains were doing it it's like Dude, he's causing as much just as much damage. But what I like what you said, Brandon, is that what's what made me great was this just because it wasn't in this fantastical, whimsical city of Gotham where there's giant skyscrapers like you're on Coruscant in Star Wars. It's you know this is like well they're all filmed in cities you recognize you know Pittsburgh and Chicago and whatnot. So and it made it like this is modern times you know all this could potentially happen. So it made you feel more invested because like oh I can really let my guard down and my suspension of disbelief is like okay this is really cool and plus that first movie just did great of doing that a proper origin story that we never really had right yeah no i agree and uh, to go back to like the tumblr stuff i think too is something we've not really touched on is those first four movies with keaton kilmer and clooney the batmobile is a bit fanciful looking in some of those films i mean especially by the time you get batman and robin it looks so goofy that you're like if this is the if the goal of this car that you're using which is a way to get around the city it has its defense mechanism it can you know shoot and stuff is to kind of not blend in why would you have this looking thing that looks like it's so obvious that that's the batmobile you know so i feel like that was also something they were like 
being this is a modern take, a more realistic take, it wouldn't be like this car that is, uh, oh, that's clearly the Batmobile. It'd be something that could be utilized as a weapon, but would still be like, oh, that works for his character in this setting. And I mean, so cool in the Dark Knight when, you know, the, the thing gets blown up and we think that he's dead and then all of a sudden it becomes a bike. Yes. Cool. And then you get both of those vehicles in one. I just love that line too. It's like, I'm chasing a giant tank. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, the movies were definitely uh, obviously very successful. And it was even, I remember when the the Dark Knight Rises ended, you know, there was, well, there'll be a fourth one. Now we have like a Robin character and like, we want to see more. And I mean, Bell's, it was very clear that it was like set to do a trilogy and that's it. I mean, we could, we, there's always the never say never, you know, I think people would definitely freak out if in the flash we had some moment because I mean, as we just saw with Spider-Man anything's possible, but they're a really solid series. Of course, part of me always wonders what the third film would have been if Heath had not died, but I still think they handled that very well. Like, and I love Tom Hardy as Bane. I think he's, really menacing in that role there's just and especially after seeing what they chose to do with bane and batman and robin which is <laughs> company oh. yeah, yeah i mean if you look at the character in the comics and the fact that yes that venom stuff is what pumps them up that it it makes sense but it was so it was so badly executed it was so goofy i don't and i don't mean to uh, you know some slight negative uh, um i don't Take this for what I'm trying to say here is that it's almost a good thing they didn't that Heath couldn't return for the third one because from what I understand everything that happened with Bane was going to happen with the Joker which means he was going to continue with the Joker and I I personally wanted more villains I wanted to I like this I don't need the Joker every time and like when Nolan came out he said well I had to figure out he's like I'm not going to recast so I had to figure out a villain that made sense would do exactly what Joker was going to end up doing. And it's true because in the comics, I think it's it's I think it's long Halloween comics is when Joker does take over all of Gotham and like knocks it. They even tap on this in the show Gotham, um, you know, and that happens too. So like it makes sense that he would take that time frame and do it. But I'm actually happy that we didn't get Joker again. I, I would have I, I wanted to see more Nolan universe villains. So I think it kind of worked out uh, anyway. No, so, and, and what you're saying, I, I totally agree. And I think also it works out because each film he is facing a different threat, you know, he's uh, the master and the, and the student, you know, he's facing off against, you know, and the Batman begins and then dark Knight. it's more of the psychological, like, is this person going to push me to break my code, uh, you know, not killing anyone and whatnot. And then this last one, it's a physical challenge. Like, and that's part of the comics where he breaks his back and it's like, you know, that he has to like, I can't take him out by brute strength alone. So I thought that way, and it was like, and it was really cool how Gotham really kind of united more. And it, it definitely really kind of brought it all like full circle with the whole film where you see Gotham where it started to where it kind of ends. Yeah, and just a bonus thing that I thought was amazing between Heath and, um, and Bale. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but the scene where he's questioning him and actually punching him in the face and everything against the window uh, and the mirror or window thing, um, they're, they're, he's actually punching him. Like he said, punch me. I want you to hit me. I want this whole thing to be real. So they both, these Australian Aussies are just like, just, fucking, <laughs> just hit me. And they just did it. And it's just like to see that scene, you can tell he's like, okay, 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 okay. But he keep, they keep in character for it all. So it's just 
such a great scene between the two of them in the interrogation scene. I think that's such a pivotal. It's one of the strongest scenes of the whole film. I still get chills watching that, especially when he's laughing the whole time as he's beating the crap out of him. And Heath is just full Joker. And you're like, Oh yeah, that, that that's such. And a of course, with that with, with Zimmer's uh, score coming in and just the, Rise I'm gonna give you a choice. You know, it's so it's so, it it's true. Joker is a character that you know, as as much as you love Batman, Joker is the most popular, and you know that's his top villain. And there does get to a point, which we'll get to coming up, of when it's when we we use it too much, we try to reinvent it too many times, we get over it. It's like you know. Heath was the first live action Joker since Jack and it was such a different performance and it was such a, uh, incredible performance that, you know, I think even a lot of us were like Heath Ledger, uh, in a very similar situation as, you know, Michael Keaton years before of being like, why would you cast him? And he blow us away. And, and, you know, obviously it was so sad he died, but he did win the Oscar and that performance has lasted. And although we'll get to, you know, a little later of, of, what Joaquin did is a very different situation. And I, I don't really even consider that a the Joker movie. It's like, this has lasted. This is something that, you know, your, your hero is not as good without its villain. And so as we move to the next chapter, post this, where I do think everything was very calculated, there was, uh, you know, the way that those films were, were made. As we get into the Affleck era, it, it's, a, it's one where, for me, I like Ben Affleck as the character. I think he's a, for like an older Bruce Wayne, you know, very different from Christian Bale. We're having a more seasoned Bruce Wayne and, and Batman. And the first time really going to see Batman deal with gods, if you will, these characters that are, uh, have these superpowers are much stronger. Of course, his battle with Superman, uh, seeing what he has to do to try to survive when really, again, he's just a a rich guy who has some really cool tech and some cool suits it's a superpower <laughs> it's the storytelling of like we didn't we didn't get a we didn't really need an origin movie with ben affleck's character but the way they did bvs which actually works better if you've seen the extended cut i will say if you watch the extended cut of bvs and then uh, <laughs> Zack snyder's justice league is much better than the uh, the joss whedon one but it's interesting how we've got this character and we're almost like now going to say goodbye to him at the point where we like want more of this character with the justice league because now warner bros is like i you know i keep hearing a lot of rumors of the flash movie is going to wipe away what snyder has done and so we're going to like a new era so it's very like i have not had enough time with the character but i like what they did with him it was very more fanciful because we are in the situation with these justice league characters and like his suit uh, also much more brutal batman this is a batman that does kill uh you know he he kills a lot um uh what are your what are your thoughts on the affleck era of batman yeah you know he's he wasn't the worst thing in the movie which we thought he was and just as a side note um because i do you know the kids party stuff and everything i ended up doing a spider-man gig for some rich dude or whatever and i'm sitting there and he had they had Batman playing in like this theater and I'm like, this is the wrong, wrong character, but that's fine. I started shooting the shit about, cause it had been announced that Affleck was going to be Batman. I was like, yeah, I just, I'm not feeling that, that casting. And he's like, well, I'm going to be honest with you. He's one of my best friends. And I was like, shit, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But he's like, he's like, and I totally agree with you. Like as his best friend, I'm like, but I've never seen him ever be so dedicated to trying to do the best job he can. Like, this is his, 
his, his favorite thing in the world. He like, hasn't talked to any of us. He's gone into full training mode. Like he's just trying to get into a place and I have faith in him, I have faith. And it was like, all right, we well, changed my mind. I'll be open to it. And then when the movie came out, I mean, there's so many things that were wrong with, you know, DC trying to hurry up and do what Marvel had done. And, you know, they should have done build up with, you know, separate movies ahead and just been patient instead of trying to make as much money as the Avengers did. But like they, he was definitely wasn't the worst thing in that movie. And I actually, uh, it's one of my, his scene in that warehouse is my favorite Batman versus all bad guys, right? Like it's the best, like I'm taking out multiples and showing his fucking sweet, like moves. It, it, it takes you, takes me into the, um, you know, the Arkham video games where you are, you're grappling, you're doing all kinds of stuff to, to take these guys out. And it was a well, well choreographed scene. It's, it's my favorite Batman scene as far as like taking on multiple uh, um, villains all at once. So no, I agree. I, it would have been, I didn't mind him. I, was, I accepted him as the new Batman and it kind of sucks that they, I don't know if, and it sounds like it was more his call than anyone's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's come out lately uh, with some interviews, uh, you know, going about his divorce, uh, Jennifer Garner, that the, the actual filming and making of Justice League, which we all know is a hot mess because of, uh, you know, how it all came to be. Uh, of course, big sadness to uh, respect to Zack Snyder for the loss of his daughter, but Joss Whedon kind of coming in and, and doing this Frankenstein job and cutting things and trying to make it more funny and make it Avengers, which it's not Justice League. It's a very different beast. It he, He's come out saying like it was the worst filming experience he's ever had. And when you have that memory in you, it's going to make it like no matter what, every time you get back in that suit, you're going to be like, I'm not happy doing this anymore. Right. You don't want to be miserable. Yeah. And um, I mean, he was happy to come back to do the refilming with Zach to have Zach's vision. And I mean, clearly that movie worked on a much better level. And there was just a, I remember like, the way it ended, I was like, oh, I'm so excited now to see the next chapter with Ben Affleck. But apparently coming up in The Flash is going to be his final goodbye as the character. Um, and of course, we're very excited for that film because it's going to be multiverse and many, many things are possible. Many things can happen in that film. But I mean, yeah, there's something brutal about him. And even his his Batmobile is like is kind of a mixed breed of the Tumblr tank, which still has the classic. This is what a Batmobile looks like. But that thing can wreck house as well. And that whole scene in Justice League when he's we need to get through the shield and, uh, you know, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go fire. And then he gets his thing and let's go start shooting some of these aliens. I mean, like it is really, really awesome. So, and just to see him with like Superman and, and Wonder Woman, all these characters, things that we've been, you see the cartoon of Justice League for so many years. It's like, I want to see this live action. And now it's like, I don't even know what the next Justice League would be, who would direct it and where it's even to go. We don't even know if that's happening at some point, maybe. Who knows? Warner Brothers, get your stuff together. We've been saying this for years, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> They're not listening. They're not listening. But you know what? Let's take one more quick break and we'll come back. Let's talk about the current and future iterations of Batman. Since 1989, Batman has continued to fly into the night fighting crime and the box office. We've had such iconic actors such as Keaton, Kilmer, Clooney, Bale, Affleck, and now Pattinson. But they weren't the only actors who wanted to put on the cape and cowl. Here are the lost audition tapes of the Batman film franchise. 
Ryan Reynolds for Batman. Hey there, it's your old pal. I'm Batman. You're probably wondering why I'm here. Well, that's because, uh, that's because I'm fighting crime and, uh, putting on spandex and teaching a young Robin the ways of the Force. Marlon Brando for The Dark Knight. Where were the other drugs going? Well, swear to me. Oh, I like that. That's a good line. Yeah, this bad man. He's intense. He's very scary. He hangs upside down. I did that once in Sicily. Oh, I was so drunk. Johnny Depp for Batman. Who, me? I'm Vengeance. I'm the Knight. I am the Batman. Savvy? Jay Baruchel for the Cape Crusader. Um, I didn't know bats had nipples. Uh, what's going on here there? Although I uh, must say, my uh, butt cheeks look uh, mighty, mighty fine and sculpted here, yeah. Jeff Goldblum for Batman. Uh, as a man, I am flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed. Uh, but as a symbol, I can be incorruptible. I can be everlasting. Wow, this is powerful. Uh, poetic. Uh, Batman. Oh, wow. Uh, let's get that cape on. Wait, really? Okay. Beetlejuice for Bruce Wayne? Hey, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. You think I'm qualified? Hey, come on! Hey, where'd you go? Hawk, hey, come on! You gotta work with me here. I'm just trying to cut a deal. What do you want me to do? Where are you? You bunch of losers! You're working with a professional here! And we're back. Well, we've gone through the Affleck era, although we're kind of getting this uh, Affleck one more time. And it was another thing, too. Remember, there was a whole time period where Ben Affleck was going to write and direct his own Batman movie. And we were going to see, like, a solo film for him, and that was so exciting, and then that eventually... Uh, went away and it, as taylor and i've talked about many times there's so many of these characters that as we just saw with peacemaker which did very very well one hbo max like most successful shows and get a season two some of these characters can work having a series having a live action series Gun is at the helm you're fine <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so now we're in this new era we're in the the modern time of we have now what would be if you consider from keaton on our sixth actor coming in to helm a new version of batman another young one this is uh meant to be year two um we'll have a review out this week on the batman but that came out a couple weeks ago um this new take with uh, matt reeves directing rubber pants and starring as bruce wayne batman this definitely feels like uh for those who are wanting to get away a little bit from the ben affleck era which did have some brutalness but had again are we going camp? Are we doing the comedy? This looks to be very much a hugely dark take uh, on the series. And probably, I'm assuming, starting a new franchise. You know, I'm sure he signed a, a couple films. Um, but just from the trailers alone, like, we're not really going to get into the movie because we're going to do a review later this week. But what, you know, just from the trailer scene of this version of Batman, what are your guys' thoughts on where the, the new saga is going? Because I think it definitely has a, a very cool look uh, for what it's kind of, and I think it's supposed to be set in the nineties. Uh, even the Batmobile looks much more like this is actually a car that he's 
uh, you know, turned into this uh, Batmobile with like, you know, the turbo and everything. But what is what is the vibe you're getting from the trailers alone? Well, first of all, I, it's so funny to go with the Batmobile. I kind of like feel like it's like uh, I just want Vin Diesel to come out family you know because <laughs> it, it, it looks like one of those uh, you know it's like oh this is a little supercharger but uh no when i first saw the trailer like i think a lot of people because they have not seen any of his most recent work here robert pattinson like oh a twilight guy oh he's a vampire and he's a bat but having seen a lot of these films that he's done the last couple of years he's proven his acting chops and i'm like i was really kind of intrigued what he's going to bring to this plus you're getting a very young actor to do a role that they can grow into where I know Christian Bale was like slightly younger, but I mean, he wasn't going to be able to carry that role forever if they want to do that. But seeing that trailer, you hit the nail on the head, Chris, this Gotham gives me like the vibes of like the movie seven and even like the crimes that are going to happen. This is like seven with saw with Batman. It's got this whole really, and you know, also not only we get a new take of Batman, we also got new takes of a lot of villains we've seen in other films that are like definitely kind of blowing my mind just how like, Oh, this is going to be so much more edgier, dark, and maybe even a little scary at times. Yeah. I, uh, so I'm, I'm one of the people that is not behind Pattinson and that's, and I have seen most of his work. Don't get me wrong. I, he's, he's a fantastic actor. I just, I haven't seen anything that shows me that I could believe that he's, he could be a Batman type character. Batman's supposed to be that intimidating overbearing persona and even in these trailers it just sounds like a very whiny younger kid and and the whole thing about him not wanting to get fit and like every batman has ever done i mean you are basing your fight your you don't do guns right at least not we know anyway you're basing your this character is based on pure combat um if they go into some sort of cool old school jujitsu style where he has been trained in this then maybe that works for somebody who's a little bit more twinky, but like, he's a tiny guy. Like, and I just don't buy that he could fucking with fist destroy, you know, Gotham. The scene where he's punching the shit out of that guy was fucking cool, but it still doesn't mean that I believe that he could do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was cool, it got me going. I was like, ooh, badass. Um, and then his voice, like already I'm like, okay, we're doing another Nolan voice. But for me, it's it's hard to see this kid get it with an enraged voice. And he's like punching the, the, the window. And, and I'm just like, okay, you're mad, but I'm really not scared of you. Like, I just, I just, I, he doesn't have the intimidation that I feel Batman should have. Now, granted, this is just trailer stuff. And I have been wrong before. Like Heath Ledger, I was like, fuck 10 things I had about you, you nuts. And now he's like the greatest Joker of all time. Like in, as far as cinema goes and, uh, so I've been wrong before. So I'm open to be blown away. I'm hoping that I'm blown away. Um, my other thing with it is I, I'm a I'm a big, I get more frustrated when I feel like there's a missed opportunity that they should have taken. And I'm gonna I'm gonna with with an action figure, I'm gonna show you exactly what I mean. Uh, oh. Opportunity that they should have done. Um, I lost this cape, but here, hold on. <laughs> well, what they could have done. And given us would have been a Batman Beyond movie. Um, take and put him in the future. I would have totally bought him as a Terry McGinnis because then he can be scrawny and he's been scooped up with a suit and it's something we haven't seen. We've got new villains. You've got a sci-fi type angle that's still goth. I just I know a lot of people that are any any deep Batman fans would kill for a Batman Beyond movie. It'd be a good excuse to have uh, Keaton because he could play the older Batman. Well, you bring up a good point that this is something I think people are gunning for is a Batman beyond film or even a series or whatever, but we are getting Keaton back. Uh, 
as an older Batman. So the possibility is definitely there. And of all the actors who've played Batman before, he's at the proper age to be Bruce Wayne, who's older, training a new generation of Batman. Right. Now imagine if they did do this as Batman Beyond again, it's, it's those opportunities that bug the shit out of me. Um, that then you then you have the Flash movie that comes out later, which ties it in. It's like, oh, okay, this is a you he could even surprise us in this movie with showing up instead of Flash, and then it's a crossover. Like we finally get he might have gotten their shit together a little bit. So and I'm just on that page of like, do we need another Batman film? And do we need another Batman begins film this this soon? Um so I, I like the stylized. I agree with the stylization. The whole 90s grit is really, really cool. And um, I'm excited, but totally skeptical. And I hope, again, it's just, it's DC. They haven't had their shit together. The only DC movie that I've really enjoyed was the first Wonder Woman movie. And, it, you know, granted, because they, they're the first ones to do a female movie. And obviously it was the first time we got to see Marvel do what DC's done and try to scramble to do it themselves and came up. <laughs> now the they're chasing movie. their tails. Yeah. Yeah, like, wait a minute, we, why didn't we do this? I mean, when we were asking for a Black Widow movie years ago, like, yeah, obviously you're a little late to the game, guys. But like, and I, again, I remember going, walking out of Wonder Woman going like, it's really great, but I don't know if I'm grading it on a curve for DC. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe it's just because DC has been so bad. Like, this is amazing. But I really enjoyed that one. And after seeing the second Wonder Woman, I was like, okay, no, Wonder Woman was really a good first movie because that was, the second one was garbage, but I digest. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we're all hoping that it, uh, it it from the early reviews i'm getting and some of the early screenings which i think was even a longer cut that we hope that it is something that uh surprises because there's been there's been quite a few actors have actually been uh cast in both hero or villain roles in the past that have turned some heads of the the casting choice and i hope that you know everyone uh is proven wrong at least um i i definitely after seeing the lighthouse i was like okay Penson can go into a very uh, dark place that I wasn't expecting. So it is one of those things because, uh, you know, obviously Bruce Wayne is meant to be this handsome guy. It's like, we don't want to just go off his looks of why he's cast. If then he can fit into the cowl and it can work. So uh, I'm curious to see how that's all going to turn out as well. And again, we'll have a review out this week for the film, but with the flash coming up and Batgirl as well, Keaton coming back into the cow. This is a uh, huge news and everyone's so excited to see him back as uh, Bruce Wayne slash Batman. It looks more like Batgirl is probably going to be flashback scenes. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be that he's like modern day, unless he is in the situation. Maybe this is what leads into an eventual, you know, Batman beyond of him training a new generation, but it's exciting that we're getting Keaton back. I think from a nostalgia place, people are excited for that. He's, <laughs> He's been one of the few actors, and rightfully so, who always brings up that he's Batman. Like, I think, you know, through all this Spider-Man stuff as Vulture, he's like, well, you know, I'm Batman, right? Like, I just love that he's he's kept on this love for that character because he knows people love him in the role so much. So there is the future possibility that The Flash does very well, which I'm sure it will. Batgirl does well. We could see Keaton back, whether it's just a solo film, uh, a mentor role who knows um and i'm sure he's he said in some interviews earlier this year you know it felt like riding a bike he's like it felt like the suit fit like it always has and it was just great to be back in the role so yeah his his interview his dream role to do again is beetlejuice which i don't know if he'd had the chops or the yeah movie. he's a Be beetlejuice 2 has been uh on the docket forever <laughs> i just don't know if they about, yeah yeah well it's hard with that one you know we, we've discussed this brandon is that in that film 
he's only in the film for like 15 minutes as Beetlejuice. And it's actually works because he's only this kind of cameo role that pops up from time to time. They would probably do the wrong thing of now that he is such a big star. Too much juice. We need, yeah, yeah too much juice. Yeah. <laughs> but with that going on, uh, you know, there's, we keep hearing these rumors of Joker isn't going to get a sequel. Uh, I don't know if that world would ever tie into Batman. I don't necessarily want it to tie into Batman. I kind of like it being its own thing, but there's clearly still a big love for this character and different elements of the character, whether it be him itself. You know, we, we've for a long time been hearing rumors of they wanted to do a, uh, a Nightwing series or a movie. I mean, there's so many characters that have not been utilized that don't necessarily have to be Batman, but be connected to the world, whether it's the hero or a villain. You know, I think Joker did very well as a film. It made over a billion dollars. So now it's like, we'll probably get a Scarecrow movie. You know, like there, there's so many things that they could do and I'm down for it all if it's good content. If it's a solid story, makes sense. Not just to put out so that, you know, we're spending money just to see crap, you know? Yeah. And like I was telling you, Chris, when we were talking about the Joker, I think the only way I'd want a sequel is like I was telling you is if it's the exact same movie with a completely different story, like a whole nother origin that's completely different and a new reason why he's fucked up. And I would take three different stories because that is the Joker. We never, it was the only reason I didn't, I wasn't into the Joker origin story is because the great thing about the Joker is he lies about his backstory all the time. It was in the comics, it was in the cartoon series, and they even did an homage to it when he asked, you want to know how I got these scars, you know, whatever, <laughs> like he's, it's all, it, it, that's what it is, is we don't know what his backstory is, and I think it would blow, I feel like it would blow my mind, I, and everyone else is, if they're sitting there watching, I'm like, wait, so are we just ignoring the other movie? Yeah, we absolutely are, like he's, he could be even with a new counselor, and he's talking about like going back and forth, but it's a completely different thing. Um, that that changed and turned him into the Joker. So, and we get three stories like that because then you're like, well, well, which one's the right one? Well, that's the Joker. That's the point. Um, so I, I like that idea. Also, a thing about Flashpoint, if we're going into it, is it, I, I'm I, I'm excited for a Flash movie. Period. I think you know, as far as DC characters, he's my second favorite DC character. You know, he's the Spider-Man of the group. Um, and I really like uh, what's his name as as Flash. I thought he did a great job. Ezra Ezra Miller, yeah, he's really, really funny. Uh, and um, uh, the thing is with Flashpoint, and this is what I'm curious about in Flashpoint when he meets Batman, it's Batman's dad, Thomas Wayne. So it's always been that way. So I'm, I, you know, I don't, I don't want him to do this, but I'm like also curious, is Michael Keaton playing Thomas Wayne? Is that what we're doing? Like, and this is, this has been Affleck's dad and this is the direction it would have gone if, you know, and if they're just really going to fuck us like in the head, like, you know what I mean? Like all this stuff. So I am curious to how that's going. Cause they haven't obviously said Bruce Wayne or anything just like as of yet. Um, and I'm, I'm worried and pro uh, I mean, it's understandable. I'm sure they'll do this, but I'm also concerned that they're doing this because I don't want it to happen, but I'm sure he's probably going to die in the flash. You know what I mean? It's just that bloody scene with the cowl. It's probably inevitable. Um, it'll really tug at our heartstrings. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping for the best with the flash for all those reasons. I am definitely more pumped to see Michael Keaton as Batman than, than the Pattinson movie. I, I hope that that's great. And they've obviously, I'm sure you guys have seen it. They've released images it's a bummer that the images of the batmobile came out already before they saw the trailer where he's about to pull the tarp off um but that's out there and this new images just popped up i have a couple of them um of uh, the stunt guy in the new suit and it's very homage a very upgraded version of the uh return suit um is what he's rocking it looks like so 
that's pretty it's pretty exciting yeah we're all it's we're gonna get you know i'm sure a, a official trailer uh the next few months and it's gonna be it's uh very exciting to see him back because he is so uh beloved in the role but it, it is something that i can totally see them going the route of well you get your one movie and then you know that's it so uh we'll have to wait and see but Clearly, Batman uh, will live on. I'm sure all these movies are going to continue. Uh, I'm sure if this Batman movie is done very well, it's going to uh, get multiple sequels. And uh, we'll, we're going to continue to see, hopefully, not only in film, but I do think HBO Max, with them doing series, we could do uh, multiple other stories. You know, like the Penguin is getting his own HBO Max series, which I think will be very... Oh, is it? He, yeah, he's getting... Uh, Colin Farrell is getting his own series as Penguin on HBO Max to kind of see, like, his uh scar it's gonna be very scarface style of like his climb to power as uh as that character so i think we definitely have avenues for multiple things to continue in the batman universe did either of you watch gotham i did a few episodes i i want to go back and binge the whole thing because i do think it's fun to see all these characters in the one universe like we don't really we still have not had a batman movie with like multiple multiple villains you know like so i think it'd be kind of fun to see it's really good the the villains once they once they get into being villains the casting was really good i think with everybody even even the kid playing bruce wayne like, you know, at the beginning it takes a little while like any show um i i, I did like most i gave it a couple episodes I'm like ah, i'm not into it i need batman but then when i got into a batman mode when i was getting this fucking thing together i was like you know what? i'm gonna give it another try i got nothing else to watch i'm gonna give it a full honest go and eventually it, it, when it gets into it it's a good couple seasons of like really good, like they really good casting, really good, really, really good um, penguin. The, 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 the decision to make penguin and penguin uh, gay and actually interested in the Riddler was a great twist uh, in it at some point, but he can't like, he doesn't want to come out because it ruins his images. Like it's just, it's these cool new uh, dynamics. And I think the casting was really good on all of them. Um, they lose me a little bit in the end, like any series when it starts to get shitty is when they try to make again, this scrawny kid, be batman too soon like you know what i mean like i don't buy that he's tossing these thugs left and right like he's just it doesn't look right because of how he is so but if yeah if you get a chance and you want to do full batman mode i i, I recommend it because i think it is a it's more of a villain show right like it's more of like how they come about and everything and i think they did a really good justice of all the other characters up and coming um along with you know, batman and, and him turning into who he is definitely yeah it's been one on my list too to get through i think <laughs> me and Taylor talked about so many shows nowadays are the eight to 10 to 13 episodes a season format that going back sometimes and being like, ah, oh, 24 episodes for this one season. It's like, uh, yeah. all right. Yeah. It's kind of a grind to get through some of those. Like these are just the fill time episodes, but uh, uh, of many of the clips I've seen from the show I, is one that I want to uh, get through in the future. But uh, you know what, Brandon, we thank you so much for coming on the podcast today to talk about Batman. I think a hero we, all of and we can't wait to see what all is in store for him in the future i think it's a character that's definitely going to continue to live on the big screen for future generations but before we let you go we do have our guest questions for you so we have 10 questions for you that's a quick round they're just things that uh, are about you it's uh, not a quiz there's no math involved um, so start off with what is your favorite movie Favorite movie, uh, Star Wars A New Hope. Uh, number two, what is your favorite TV show or TV series? Probably still Firefly. What is a favorite video game or video game series of yours? The Force Unleashed. Um, yeah, the first one. Um, I, it's the one game that I think I've played multiple times and still will, will probably play in the next year again. Um, 
sometime in the future. Definitely, definitely a fan favorite of mine. Um, what is your favorite, um, you know, music style or favorite artist? Oh, I listen to score music more than anything, anything. Like I, and I don't know, I, there's something about it that lets my imagination kind of be creative, no, even if I'm driving in the car. So, I mean, you know, I grew up with the greats. I mean, uh, Danny Elfman was great. I mean, John Williams, you know, used to be amazing. You know, he's kind of old now, but like, you know, it, it, you've got Hans Zimmer, just like, so those, those score music and everything, it's just all the top movie score artists is usually what I listen to more than anything. Um, if I had to pick bands, you know, anybody from the eighties, really, I love eighties music. It's the best way I can do it. <laughs> what is the favorite place you've traveled to? Uh, Austria. Um, yeah, really. Um, when I used to do Captain Jack on my own, I got shipped there to do a gig and it was just a, an enlightening, like, new world experience to not be in a city that everything is made boxy um and just see history and everything and being able to just walk around and, and experience that was amazing uh what inspires you or what's something that inspires you getting deep yeah <laughs> a lot of things a lot of things i mean like you know because i'm a fanboy for a lot of stuff but um i think I think movies inspire me in general like and lately because they haven't been good they inspire me to write because before it was like, I don't think I'm ever good enough to do this. But nowadays it's that point where it's like, I can fucking write better than this. I'm going to like, I don't know, maybe it's a negative take on it, but it inspires me. And when I do see something that's amazing, it's like, I want to be great. Like James Gunn, or, you know, I don't want to suck like the, the original justice league. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it gives you, gives me that inspirational that, yeah, I could probably do this. I should start writing stuff so that's that's inspired me to start doing that what's a piece of advice that you would really uh, cling on to or the best advice you've received uh best advice i went to i was at comic-con and you know it was a sam raimi panel and uh i think it was for spider-man that's how that's how long ago it was but like he gave the best advice you know some guy came up and did the classic like yeah, i'm a filmmaker you know what what advice do you have for me he's like guys, Jesus Christ, if I had digital film like you guys did, I would have been famous a lot bigger. He's like, imagine that I had to go through and do this actual cutting of actual film. It's so expensive to make a movie. You guys can go with your with your phones, with everything and like get out there, just start doing it. Like, and, and make shorts, doesn't matter if they suck, work out your things, show it to friends, see what they think. Like you have no excuse anymore. Like you have the technology to do and possibly get a movie produced within a year uh, on your own and get it distributed. So start doing it. So I was like, it's true. I haven't done that since then, <laughs> but like it was inspiring <laughs> in general to be like, dude, there is, there, there, there's plenty of out, outlets nowadays to, to, to do that. So I think that's great. Now this is of course, you know, an ultimately a nerdy podcast. How would you rate yourself a nerd level scale of one to 10, one being the least nerd and 10 being ultra nerd? Ooh, um, 11. Yeah, I would say I think uh, above the scale. Really, on a scale of one yeah. to ten, you on a level. He's definitely uh, he definitely belongs. So <laughs> pretty pretty high. It's a, it's a life choice more than anything. So uh, we love it though. Uh, what is the guilty pleasure of yours? That just I mean D and D. That's usually what everybody's. I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure though, right? Like uh, eating pizza when I'm not supposed to. Like <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There we go. Eating pizza. <laughs> <laughs> And last but not least, and this will be interesting because of your uh, array of uh, costume uh, capering, give us your best impression. Give me your, take your right hand and put it over your left eye. You're one good one. Go ahead. All right. And repeat after me. I. I. Say your name. Chris. Taylor. You solemnly swear. Solemnly swear. And always be trusted. Can always, always be, be trusted. trusted. 
Not to be trusted. Not to be trusted. They always run from a fight. They always, always run, run from, from a fight. fight. But I cannot win. I cannot win. I, I cannot win. Always win a fight that I cannot run from. Could always win a fight that I cannot run from. Grab the deck with a hearty hand. Grab the deck with a hearty hand. And sing yo-ho with a hearty heart. Sing yo-ho with a hearty heart. And. 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 Girls, you are late. In such situations, you're trying to save your own skin. Anyway, it causes pain and suffering the entire crew. Death and destruction for the captain. Hetzworth put in the pirate's code book. Yeah. Just say yo-ho. Yo-ho. Pirates, let's go drink. There he is, folks. Um, Captain Jack. Right. <laughs> I found myself wanting to do the impression along with you. I'm like, wait. I... Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. We love it. We love it. Well, thank you, Brandon, so much for being on the podcast today. If people want to follow you on social media, where can they follow you? Pretty much on Fanboy Brandon on everything from Twitch to Instagram to, yeah, I just looked that up. It should pop up. Perfect. Well, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. We loved having you on talking about Batman. This was awesome. Thanks for having me. And if you guys do do the review for the new movie. Yeah, we'll definitely have you on for yeah. uh, yeah. join I'm us. Wrong, or if I'm wrong, I'll come in a minute. I'm like, how's it going, like, guys? Oh, hi. That's remember right. me? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, fuck. Taylor was right. right. I always love you. Like, and, and now his review, and he's just like, damn it. He was good. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's all. Like, we just need you for one line. Yeah. And then it's like, in and out. Yeah. Uh, well, stay tuned. We will have Brandon on uh, later this week to our review of the Batman. Uh, but until next time, I'm Chris. I'm Taylor. And this was the Potential Podcast. We'll see you guys next time on another episode. Where were the other podcasts going? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.